well, this dude turned it into an empire, so it's not a, not a bad thing. Well, welcome back to Dysfunctional as Fuck. Um, our normal co-host, Kate, is busy getting a hair appointment, so it's just me today. Fuck you. You, you want to come over here and clap, though? Just for the... Gino, come over here and just clap. Hey. <laughs> You're not in the shot. You got to do it, like, over here, because I, I reframe for optimal shit. All right, I thought you were going to clap, guys. Well, how am I going to clap? Just hold it with your wrist. All right, okay. One, two, three. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. You're doing great. Love your work. So that's how you normally start every episode. But, yeah, so we have uh, Johnny here. Super excited to have you here. Yes, sir. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so um, straightforward. What's your general backstory? What do you do? And we can kind of go from there. Okay, yeah, so um, <laughs> that's a broad question. No, yeah. Um, I always hate whenever people ask me what I do because I don't like saying that, you know, I do YouTube and TikTok because people always put you in a box. Um, so I'll yeah. say what I tell everyone else is I'm an FPV drone pilot mm -hmm. um, and cinematographer, so I fly very fast drones and I make really cool videos. And so I do that on YouTube and TikTok. And then I do client work and other things like that as well. But that's kind of my focus right now is my social media. Yeah, because you well, you had one video go pretty viral. On... I would say mega viral. Yeah. Um, it's at like 46 million views on YouTube right now. It's got 10 Are million. Are you finally monetizing it now? Because I remember you said if you would have monetized it. Yes, yeah, so it, it is monetized. Um, the difference is if it would have been an actual YouTube video <laughs> and not a short, mm. at this point, I probably would have made about $120,000 off mm. of it. Because it is a short, I've made about 2500 off it, which is still fan. I mean, for one video? Yeah, fantastic. For me to be able to fly a drone for 30 seconds and put this video together and like literally did it in a rush, posted it because I needed to post something that day, for it to work out like that is insane. But it is one of those things where I'm like, man, if this was a real YouTube video, those are one be. of those long ones. Like, <laughs> yeah. How long was the video? Uh, 38 seconds. Okay, so it could have been. Would that have changed anything? Like just the format, is that it? Mm, yeah, it would have changed the format. I don't, so another thing is YouTube is pushing shorts right now. Yeah, so so it wouldn't have been pushed um, as a actual video. Whereas because it's a short, I think that's why it went way over the other platforms. Because mm. like on TikTok, it's got 10 million. On Instagram, it only has a million. And on Facebook, it's got 2.2 .2 million. Mm. So around in that range is kind of where I think it should be, but because YouTube is pushing so many shorts, I think that's why that number is astronomical. Yeah, and I'm almost curious about like what makes certain content viral. Cause even with me, I'll post videos every once in a while where like I'll say something and it gets like 10,000 views mm -hmm. and then I'll say something else and it gets like a thousand. I'm like, and I, I can't tell. I really can't mm -hmm. tell why that, and I get, I get like hooks in the first five seconds and all this stuff and I'm always mm -hmm. trying to reverse engineer like why it's happening. Yeah. but. I mean, have you, have you been able to find any kind of like algorithm yet? So with this particular video, I know exactly why it went viral. Mm -hmm. um, just replicating that is difficult. So the reason why it went viral is I, I fly my drone down and I was flying it um, at one of the parks and there was actually a homeless man sleeping under the art structure that mm -hmm. I was flying around. Yep. Um, and I didn't see him there before I started flying because um, like, you know, I'll normally check the area and stuff, but you don't do like a complete walkthrough of every little crack and crevice. And it was 530 in the morning. Yeah, so yeah. like 
no <laughs> one's awake that, right now. That's why I fly at those times because no one is around. And so um, as I was flying, I noticed that he was sleeping under there whenever I went through a certain point of the structure and um, and I stopped flying. And then I, at the end, I'm like, oh, my bad, bro. And I just launched off my drone. So you hear like an R2-D2 like at the end. So the reason why it went viral, though, is because people are so polarized on the homelessness issue. Yeah. Um, and so my whole comment section, my hum comment section is actually disgusting for the most part on that video mm. because you've got people who are saying this guy, you know, he's a homeless person. No one cares about him. You know, we the city paid for it, blah, blah, blah. You have a right to be there. And then there's another section of people. The other side is saying, you know, good on you for being respectful of him and things like that. And I was trying to be respectful of that, but also at the same time, like this drone will go 98 miles an hour. Um, oh, it, it can and, pick you out. Yes, and so uh, me as a drone pilot, my duty is to make sure that I'm never putting anyone in any type of harm or anything like that. And so for me, it wasn't a thing of like, oh, I was being nice to that guy. Oh, you know, this, that, the other. It was, I'm, I'm doing something that could put someone in danger. I need to stop doing that thing. And But because of those two opposing arguments, they got into fights in the comments, and it just keeps perpetuating. I mean, even this morning, I'm seeing comments on that video that I'm just like, why, why, why do you got to say things? But yeah. it's it's one of those things where it, it pushed it through, and that's something that I've noticed with content and after doing more research even after that is polarizing opinions tend to do the best because what these platforms care about is keeping you on their platform yeah. and getting interaction. And so if people are commenting, going back and forth, my issue is, is I'm not, you're not a polarizing person. I'm not a polarizing person. So it's hard for me. Like I was talking to my mom about it and I'm like, I can't replicate that because that was a chance. It was a chance that, you know, I was flying, something bad happened. It, it went well, like we took care of it. But I can't replicate that every single time I fly. So it's then, okay, well, what do I use from this video? And knowing that the purpose is to get comments, the purpose is to essentially get people fighting in the comment section. How do I do that? Um, and there's a lot of creators who will actually put in wrong information in their videos on purpose in order to get people commenting. Just or get people fired Yeah, up. or they'll say something wrong. And so, like, I could do that, um, but it's, It I doesn't don't align with your character. Correct. It's disingenuine. And so I want to be genuine in everything that I do. And um, so then it's just a matter of fact of like, okay, well, you know, even if it's within the drone community or whatever, what opinions do I have that other people don't like? And how can I capitalize on that? But also then at the same time, you get into is like, well, is that taking advantage of people and, and yeah. playing with emotions? And that's not something that I ever want to do. So it's this weird, um, it's almost a moral question inside of your content of, are you more concerned about the views? Are you more concerned about the entertainment purposes? Are you more concerned about money? Like, what is your purpose in doing what you do? And for me, my purpose is to provide value to people, to provide entertainment for people. Yeah. And I don't want to do that in a way that is, I don't know, causing, uh, uh, irritating people on purpose. Like, I'll irritate people in, on purpose in person, but that's yeah. not my goal. Like, yeah. it's all in funny games. That's not my goal with, with my content. Just edging them on. Because I, I just made some content recently that it was just talking about Jordan, Jordan Peterson stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's weird what people choose to be offended by. Like, I was just speaking on his thing where it's like, oh, to be a good man, you have to have the, the capacity of violence. You're not truly good. It was just that quote. I love yeah. it because I love those sayings. And I don't mm -hmm. agree with everything he says, but there's a lot of shit where I hear it and I'm like, I want to promote this this thing because I agree with this. Yeah. And the comments were similar with like, 
that's not fucking true. You can be nice and da, 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 da. And then other people were like, you missed the whole fucking point. And then they're like yep. going at each other. And I'm just like, it doesn't like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Cause at the end of the day, it's a fucking video. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so funny. And to me, it's almost the different levels of consciousness of having somebody who takes time out of their day to bitch on someone else's content. Mm-hmm. Like I feel bad for that person. And I have, I have, you have to deploy empathy before anything else. So like, Oh, the Absolutely. fact that you're even there in your life means something. Yeah. So. 100%. And, and that's why the, um, I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about is getting people who are willing to comment to comment on your videos. That's why social platforms push all these things and stuff like that. Um, but then on the other side of it too, though, People are just always going to have an issue with whatever you say. Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, it's not that I'm trying not to be controversial or anything like that. Like, I just don't put my opinions out in my regular life on a lot of things. I'm not going to put opinions out on other things. And so I'm I'm just not going to be polarizing. But even, like, even if I'm not having a strong opinion or I'm not commenting on someone else, someone always has an issue with what I do. Yeah. Like I posted one video of me throwing my drone and trying to get its arm in the air, which is a, a drone thing. And I had probably 30 comments of people telling me how wrong I am for doing that and all these other things, which it could have come across as, hey, you're doing this wrong. We want to help you. Instead, it was, hey, you're doing this wrong and you're a moron and you yeah. shouldn't be doing this. And so no matter what you do, people are going to have issues with that. And it's just a matter of, you know, capitalizing on that um, because, you know, I can sit there and just feed into them or I can just take their constructive criticism and keep flying my drone, which is what I do. Yeah. It's always interesting because I have the part of me that's like, because sometimes I'm just like, oh, you're just not a very conscious person. And I'm like, I could just reply with like one statement and be like, all right, there's my my little two cents. Mm-hmm. And I don't rarely do that, but every once in a while where I'm just like, when I feel like someone really missed the point, I'll try to reiterate it maybe in a term that they get. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, no, like this is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And then they might, be like oh blah, blah. i'm like okay there's there's no way you've made your choice like yeah it, it, when you're dealing with people who make decisions sometimes no matter what you say someone is always going to say the exact same thing mm-hmm. you you could show them a picture or like it like flat earthers or some shit you'd be like i can prove that this is a round ball and they're like nah and like, you're yeah like, and and they will fight that position to their death and that's one of the things that is hard with social media and doing things is you'll get those stupid comments and you want to respond and like just set the record straight. Because like with drone flying, a lot of people think that there are a lot of things that I do that are illegal. Um, mm. And I'm I'm a licensed drone pilot. I'm insured. Like I've got all the things. Um, but there are still people who will come on my stuff and be like, you can't fly there. What you're doing is illegal. Like yada, yada, yada. And I want to go set the record straight. But I've, because of a situation that I had, I no longer will respond to any of those. Com- I normally don't respond to any comments anymore. Um, but I had an FAA investigation because someone I got into it with someone in my comment section and they went to the FAA on me. Um, and so like I didn't get in trouble or anything. I was completely fine, but it was one of those things where people will take it to the nth degree if you allow them to. Um, and if you said, and that's not a reason to be scared or anything like that, because I, I knew I was in the right, but it is one of those things where if you are going to go toe to toe with someone like that on the internet, you have to be prepared to of what is going to come out of that. And and one thing about that is that I've had I've, I've had a lot of content go viral for various reasons, mm-hmm. for good and bad. Yeah. And within that, some have been like, and here's something I can say: you can have millions of views on something, like kind of showing that you're a piece of shit, 
And in two weeks, no one's going to give a shit. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it'll mm-hmm. just, it, the virality of everything is so short-lived. It, and that's kind of nice because it's like, oh, I don't really need to worry about too much what I post as long as I, like, I get it. And then if, if you need to correct something, I'll correct it. But, like, shit. Yeah, and, and it is. And it, it is wild, though, just how fast of a revolving door. Because it feels like feels like everything goes viral these days. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, every single person that I have worked with on content creation stuff has at one point had at least one video go semi-viral mm-hmm. or something like that. But then it's it's you're on to the next thing. It's literally like, a okay, this was cool for two days. Now we're moving on and everyone just gets on with it and forgets about whatever happened. Yeah. And for me, it's like with that rotation of how society is right now of everything going on and on and on so fast, like I almost want to slow down and not feed into that. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like we could make content that is like, like you said earlier, made you polarizing, made the fucking be out there saying like the headlines, like you're fat because you don't care or like making content like that. And then you're like, it's not really who I am. And mm-hmm. it's this hard teeter totter of like, all right, this is who I am as a person, but also I want to grow on social media because I understand it's like the value of it. Mm-hmm. So where do we like, where's the middle ground? And then how do you find that place? And I feel like that's where niches get born a lot where you're like, Oh, I'm the niche of like the drone pilot who does this kind of thing at this thing, like where it's eight subsects down yeah, which is, I feel like that's what niching helps out. It, it's just you in a certain field doing your thing. Well, and and absolutely, it, it really is that way. And you can always find your niche, but like it takes time. Um, for instance, like with being a drone pot, I'm not the greatest drone pot. I'm like mid-level drone pot compared to like my buddies and stuff like some that. The crazy guys. Yeah, say, like, like I see some of their stuff lines. and I'm like, there's no way in a million years, but I'll have more followers more subscribers more whatever than they do and it's not because i'm a better drone pilot it's because i'm better at marketing i've got more experience in videography and a lot of different things and um and but then i have taken that little piece of the pie that i was a part of with fpv and really niched it down into something cool and i i think it's going to do well and do great but it's been a process of finding that and not not changing who I am in order to get views, in order to get um, clout, in order to make money. It's I'm finding a way to have viral content that people are actually going to watch while staying 100% true to myself. Yeah. And then how do you feel like the drone content improves society or like people? Like where is the, what's the value exchange there? Yeah. So I, I don't think that it does. Um, and I know that um, it's beautiful. So mm-hmm. like I, it gives you a unique perspective that you would not be able to get any other way. And so that is something that's cool about it. Um, but that's the whole, that's my whole question in, in the content that I've been doing for the past, you know, couple of years with drone stuff is like, how can I, Take this and then enrich people's lives with it. Because um, my my thing is people. I love people. I want to help people. I want to be there for people. And I want to provide value. So how can I, to not a drone pilot, bring value to to what I'm doing? And that's why I started my, my Fly With Me interviews is because, you know, there's a lot of people in my life that have a lot of wisdom that they can embark. And if I can use drones um, to make that information entertaining in order to get a broader audience for people to you know, just hear other people's stories, care about other people like that, that would be the goal. And that would be the value that I can bring to um, society with what I'm doing. Yeah, it seems like everything you can find a way, even if it's like doing a math, like doing math, 
Mm -hmm. You could find ways to make math really uh, entertaining in a way that then provides story. Because stories, are that's what it all comes back to. It all yes. comes back to the narrative people have and the lifetimes they can share. And that's what I think is so important about like content nowadays is it's cramming 20 lifetimes into one. And mm -hmm. even as humans, like, God, think about 100, 200 years ago, like you'd have to read books and it have to be really slow and you have to be there. And now you have audiobooks And mm -hmm. the way we can process information is like 20 fold now. So now we're these beings who are still wired pretty primally getting hundreds of thousands of lifetimes shoved into one person. And it, it's interesting because I almost feel like that that is causing a lot of issues it's causing a lot of solutions as well but like mm -hmm. mental health and like body dis like eating disorders that's from that it's from yeah. all the information it's from everything absolutely um i actually had a conversation with someone about it last night we were um talking about my grandma and her friend or something like that and he was saying you know she said that she can remember anyone she still remembers who was in her second grade class that she taught whenever she was blah blah, blah and can remember their parents and the street they grew up on and stuff and I literally put out my phone and I held it up and I said, it's because of this. I said, she's able to remember all of that information because that was the information that was given to her in her life. And she didn't have the information of the whole world in her hand at any given moment mm -hmm. in her life. And I said, she's able to remember those things because those things stuck. Now we have a three second attention span, but we're getting three seconds of mass amounts of information at all times facing around us and we don't a lot of us don't give ourselves a chance to breathe and a chance to process information and to solidify that information mm -hmm. and so we're getting all kinds of information but how much are we retaining and then even with that what is the quality of the information that we're retaining yeah well and for me it's a good practice of if i have a a long span of deep learning where i'm really trying to get through something work something out i'll have a, a correction period of silence Mm -hmm. where I'm able to think about it and reflect on it and be like, okay, this is what I need. And breath work for me is a, a great time to do that or like mm -hmm. moments where I'm in the sauna or cryotherapy, just moments where it's like it's silent or I'm for like running too. I'm mm -hmm. forced to be with myself right here, right now, and there's no distraction because the body's in so much pain or it's so singular focused where, okay, I can focus now. Mm -hmm. But people are like, God, the amount of times I'm in here with Kate or a boyfriend or whatever, and they're watching TV on their phone, on their laptop, like doing eight different things. I'm like, mm -hmm. how are you guys focusing on any of this? Because I don't think any of those are bad, but like watch the fucking show. Enjoy the fucking show. Mm -hmm. Don't be like, do one thing at a time just to enjoy it. Yeah. And not like a, a, some boomer thing of like, ah, this fucking technology. It's like, no, <laughs> this is for people to enjoy things more. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean... And then whenever you're doing three things at once, you're not retaining any of it. It's all just, just numbing. scattered and everywhere. Yeah, and you're and it's because we're getting dopamine hits from every device that we have in our hand at the same time. You know, she's getting dopamine from her boyfriend being there, from the TV, from her phone, from everything. And so we are so addicted to dopamine that we just have to get more and more and more of it, and that's causing a lot of problems in our lives. Yeah. Well, and podcasts are nice too because it's like it's another outlet to just have a fucking conversation because you're going to be here. Yes. For an hour straight. Yep. And it's like, <laughs> all right, it's an hour straight talking. And then you don't, a lot of people can think about like hanging out with their friends and talking, but you don't normally, it's less likely now to just hang out with a friend and not check your phone for an hour straight. Oh, not that at is, all. That is like mm -hmm. kind of hard to come by. Like when I was younger, like first, you know, falling in love and like meeting people and stuff, like we would just hang out for an mm -hmm. hour straight. And I'm not even that old. I'm only like 24. So 
it's just crazy now where it's like, okay, all these new relationships, all these new memories aren't going to be in the same light that I had them because they're going to think of that memory and be like, oh, I'll check my phone a lot. Or like, yeah, or they might not even remember it at all because they were checking their phone. Yeah, because it, it got so disassociated with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things. Um, it's so funny you say that. You, and whenever you make a conscious decision to not be on your phones, to be in the moment, to um, actually take things in, you start to notice how much other people are on their stuff. Um, so I took a break from all social media mm-hmm. for about three months this year. And um, and it was great, but it also opened my eyes to a lot of things of where I'll be sitting with people and I'm like, everyone in this room is on their phones right now. Like, I haven't seen you in a year and you are on your phone. And it's like, what is so important about what you've got in your hand that is makes me less important? Because um, mm-hmm. that's essentially what you're doing whenever you're whenever you're using your phone around other people and stuff like that. And I don't mean anytime you use your phone around someone, but if you are out at an event and you went to go see people, if you're on your phone and you're doing things, you're saying to them that what is going on over here is more important than what's right in front of me. And I feel like that, even that just subconsciously hurts our relationships with people and the deepness that we can have relationships with people. Yeah. Well, I mean, plus you, like, let's say if we remove technology out of the equation, had as another friend. Like, if mm-hmm. I kept talking to another friend while I was like trying to talk with you, mm-hmm. you'd be like, just just talk to him for a little, and then get back to me. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. don't you don't have to keep trying to juggle both of this. Like, mm-hmm. but we don't view. Uh, it's just weird as humans, we have this idea of like we're we always view things as something else when it's in a grander scale, not like a phone is just interactions with other people. It, like, you're still having some kind of connection point. So, like, just consider it a fucking person. It's fine. Might not have emotions, but you're connecting with someone that, that, that will have emotions somewhere else. Mm-hmm. This person has emotions. TV, like that's creating a parasocial relationship. Like, do you know what parasocial relationships are? Nope. I was homeschooled, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Didn't go over that. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, so parasocial relationships are the relationships you form with celebrities and fictional characters that they don't know of your existence, but you know everything about their existence. Gotcha. So it's that okay. relationship you form, which is really common nowadays. But, you know, we put all these different values on different relationships and we don't dive into them innately. Mm -hmm. But if we did, then we could start to understand like, Oh, why am I being offended by this person being on their phone? It's like the phone is another outlet of attention. Like what you were saying, I'm not receiving the attention. Correct. Which is like, and then you can even go deeper of like, why do I want attention right now? Mm -hmm. Why do I feel like I even need that? And then it's, and that's where, you know, every once in a while I just want to like go to a cave and just be like, nothing matters. Yeah, just meditate for a few years. You're like, I'm just gonna work through all my shit. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I, I don't think of doing it in a cave, but I think about selling my house all the time, being like, just somewhere. I just, I just want to go in a bus and just travel around the country by myself and just do, just fly drones. Like, if I could just get away from everything, that'd be great. But it's not the way life works right now, so we can't do that. But, but it is one of those things where you just get tired of the noise. I mean, and a lot of that is that's what a noise. lot of it is. Is it's just noise um, that clouds our brains and prevent us from i don't know i feel like a lot of it prevents us from actually reaching our fullest potential mm-hmm. well because it's hard for people to detach mm-hmm. like from everything even yourself like mm-hmm. the car con- like i had one buddy who started posting on his instagram he's been on his own journey but he was like i am not walker i am not a runner i'm the thing that commands the the walker like you know, it's just elevated consciousness to an extent, mm-hmm. but it's so hard for people to get there because they're always distracted by the noise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, tribalism back in the day with like more tribes and cultures, that was normal. Like people always had those like thoughts of like, we're going to be connected one day through this death. And this is a, like, 
there's all these different like uh, religious or spiritual themes throughout things that are it's an energy connecting things and now it's just none because mm -hmm. of all this stuff we do but when people take time to like do breath work or the cold therapy or like all these things that you would have to do like you would have had to fucking do back in the day because it's just your body mm -hmm. you'd be more inclined to everything and then you can connect with people more and yep. have even better relationships mm -hmm. and i think you you touched on something there um that we're numb and that that is what we we try to do is we try to numb ourselves whether it be social media whether it be drugs out food i mean anything you can use to just get your attention off something is numbing yourself and so we you know instead of looking inwards at ourselves instead of reaching that higher consciousness or whatever we just numb ourselves instead because it's easier and fucking shit so i've been wearing this whoop for over a week now 24 7. i've never worn anything on my body for a week straight except clothes so it's been a it's not been the a, same clothes though you washed them, no right? i, I no. washed wash my clothes guys um but so i went to a haunted house one night you know just with friends i didn't drink i didn't do anything but i just i delayed my bedtime because it was a lot longer than i thought i normally go to bed at like 10 or 11 mm -hmm. went to bed at like 3 a.m and i was like oh, okay it took me four days to recover from that because my because oh, wow. this reaches your recovery and your heart variability and everything i was at 50 percent of where i normally would be if i didn't do that so wow. the simple fact of someone not going to bed and not drinking, not anything else, mm -hmm. just messing up your bedtime will fuck up your recovery through your mental health, your physical health, through mm -hmm. everything. And it's and I had that thought today. I was like, God, how many times did I like work really late thinking like, oh, I'm going to be like, I'm just pushing through it. Like, this is just what entrepreneurs, this is what content creators do. Mm -hmm. Stop. Like, yeah, just go to bed and sleep for the eight to nine hours. Like, because your health is the number one thing you get. And the things we do have a lot more impact than we think. I mean, this is just showing what impact is for me, which is nice because now I have metrics to guide it on. Mm -hmm. But shit, there's a lot of things we do. And I mean, fuck, the, all those other things, all those other things we do, we don't measure it, what it can do to us. But if we were able to see, oh, this had this effect and mm -hmm. saw the chart, I feel like a lot of people would stop doing a lot of shit. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's so many things that cause us, um, even you said entrepreneur, even like, taking the day off or having a nap or something like that oh, it's is so hard taking a day off is, is so not uh, yeah and it's crazy like legitimately monday i took a day off and i don't i don't take days off like i legitimately said i'm not doing anything i'm going to play pickleball in the morning mm -hmm. and then i'm going to be a vegetable on my couch um mm -hmm. for the rest of the day and i haven't done that and i can't and it, it was Hard for me at first because I was guilty. I'm like, I know there are things that I could be working on. Yeah. I know I could be editing this YouTube video. I know I could go out and record. I know I need to be calling these clients and setting up interviews with them. But I was like, no, I'm not going to. And I woke up yesterday and I felt great. Mm -hmm. um, just absolutely wonderful. But it wasn't until after I had made that conscious decision of I'm going to take the day off. It's okay to allow me to take the day off. And I'm going to I'm going to kill it the next day and yesterday was a fantastic day and I don't think that it would have been if I would not have allowed allow that rest, rest. period. Yeah. Cuz I'd have been anxious cuz I'd have been like, "Oh no, I'm not getting enough done today or I'm not doing this that or the other." But yesterday I was so productive and I think it's because I gave myself time to rest and to recharge, which is so stinking important. Yeah. Well, and for me it's like what helped me a lot with that mentality is envisioning myself when I am successful and what that life would be, it's like, oh, okay, let's say I have all the money in the world right now. What would I do with my day? It's like, I still want to hang out with my family. Mm -hmm. I still want to work out. I still want to do this. I still want to work. But then how yeah. much would I work if I had all the money in the world? Mm -hmm. Do that work. Do that amount of stuff. Yeah. And then figure out ways and systems 
to aut- automate everything to where you don't have to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Like even this morning, I had like five calls from someone on a job and they were like, ah, oh, this isn't da 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 And I was going to be like, that wasn't the moment to do it, but I'm probably going to have a conversation and be like, hey, you don't need me to answer these questions. You are you are beyond capable to figure this out yourself. Mm-hmm. Empowering other people to do their own things, especially as a business owner. I mean, even yeah. with you, like as you scale, you'll start to have more people asking, like just fucking asking for shit all the time. Mm-hmm. You're like, how do I minimize that process? Yeah. And hire other people to do that for me, to allow yourself to take more breaks and be more efficient. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, shit you're it's it's hard it, like it is hard to take a break it is so it's hard. so difficult and like because social media is a revolving door because everything's always new because those things are changing so often and it can be one one day someone is a nobody the next day they're uh, the, the talk of the town charlie d'amelio yeah and yeah. so it's just one of those things where you have changed your mindset on i'm it's it doesn't it doesn't matter like it's not a i'm in it for the long haul and if if what i'm doing is going to be sustainable then me taking a day off should not crash the whole entire operation yep and if that is where you're at then it's time to reevaluate and that's where i've been reevaluating is you know if i if i can't take a day off and my whole operation dies and you know my can't pay my bills because I took a day off, then I'm in the wrong business and I need to be doing something else because I wanted to work for myself and do all this so that I could have freedom. And if yeah. I'm not giving myself that freedom, um, then what's the point in doing it at all? Yeah, that's a big point I came to with the the whole like gaffing thing and working on set is like when you're on a movie, you're on five days a week, there's a very good likely chance that Friday is a fuck you Friday and it's actually into Saturday morning at 6 a.m. You sleep all Saturday, you get Sunday off, and then you do it again. Mm-hmm. That is a very common line for people. And you have time to work out and eat, barely, barely with that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, do I want that? Mm-hmm. I had to think and be like, is that like really the life I want? And most people don't have this realization until they're like 35, 40 in the industry. And they're like, fuck. And then they have a midlife break crisis. And I'm like, all right, let's just think about that now. Because mm-hmm. this is why visualization is so important. Because you got to really be like, what is this life going to look like? Like with you, it's like, what does this trajectory look like being a drone pilot, doing these things? Mm-hmm. And is that something I want? And yeah. I think it's good to ask that. And it's nothing wrong with changing too. Nothing oh, wrong. Absolutely. And and I think it's so important. And, you know, I mean, there are, it, it really just depends on what you want though, because like I love working. Mm-hmm. Like working is, if I could work 12 hours a day and I was able to do that sustainably, like mm-hmm. I just, I enjoy working and so that would be fantastic to me but also at the same time is it if you don't love your work like my big thing is like I'll work 12 hours a day for something that I love mm-hmm. I will be miserable for four hours a day if you did something that you don't I like. don't yep. and and that's my biggest thing um I was having a conversation with someone the other day and they were talking about um someone wanted to offer them a job and she was like no I'm good I'm gonna I'm gonna work for myself I want a little bit more freedom and they were like, see, that's the problem with this generation is you all don't want to work. And it's not that we don't want to work. It's that we don't want to work to either make other people richer or we don't want to work to just survive and be miserable. We want to have yeah. peace in our personal lives before we have peace in our professional lives. And I think that's a mentality shift to where it used to be. And, you know, there were harder times back then, but it used to be. You had to do whatever you could in order to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. And now 
it's not necessarily that way, but I would rather be just my head barely above water and loving every second of it than be floating and being 100% miserable. Yeah. Well, because like, honestly, it's, it, it's harder work being an entrepreneur. It's harder work being a business owner. Mm-hmm. So being an employee, respect everyone. Your job's easier objectively because when you're a solo entrepreneur or solo entrepreneur or whatever right now, you're doing everything and you're in charge of everything and then even if you're like a small business owner in charge of like five people you're in charge of five people's lives like mm-hmm. when you're just an employee you're like oh, okay even if you're a seat like a high level exec or something something like that there's still people above you to blame or whatever like the finger gets pointed back here at the end of the day when mm-hmm. you're the issue so it's always interesting if people are like ah oh, you know it's not as much work that i'm like no they're people doing it themselves are doing a fuckload of shit yeah it's funny i um I was reading a book or something. I can't remember. Um, but he was talking about that principle of everyone thinks that, you know, being an entrepreneur, you have all the free time in the world, but it's not like, I don't have any free time. Nah. Like I'm more busy now. I'm more busy right now doing my own thing than I was whenever I was working a full-time job and doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, but then also too, it's funny because that is a, it's also a mentality that we have of if we're not busy, we're not doing good. And so in this book that I was reading, um, yeah, I think it was a book. I think it was called The E-Myth. And this might not be the right book, but it, I think it goes along with it. Um, he was talking about how he quit and um, quit his business and was doing his own entrepreneurial thing. And he goes to a family party and they said, um, you know, are you are you staying busy? And he's like, no, I, uh, I spent you know, past two weeks at Disney with my family. I don't, I'm off this week. I don't have anything the week after that. And, you know, I came into the office for this week and they're like, oh, then you must not be doing good. And he's like, no, I'm doing fantastic. That's why I can do those things. Yeah. And so I made it a point to, um, to stop telling, talking about how busy I am and Mm -hmm. talk about my wins and how I can not be busy because those are the things I want to focus on. And that's going to put a fire under my butt whenever I am in my busy times and stuff. But I just thought it was interesting, his take on things of like, we have this in our culture, we have this need for busyness equals success. And he's like, I want to break that stigma and I want my success to be that I don't have to be busy. Like that's the goal in your entrepreneurial stuff, but you have to work your butt off in order to get there um, in the first place. Yeah, when it's efficiency too, like you have to efficient, efficiently work your butt off, not just do yes. busy work. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's really easy just to be like, eh. it's like, no, 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 is this helping the brand? Is this mm-hmm. gonna minimize my time having to do stuff? Like the process of this, like it's intentionality at the end of the day. Like mm-hmm. is everything you're doing intentional with your friendships, your relationships, your health, yep. everything. Because if you can point to like, I'm doing this because of this, mm-hmm. then it will help minimize busy work. Because if you're just doing da, 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 and you don't have like a purpose behind it, like you're just kind of mm-hmm. like doing something, it's like that's just busy work. Yeah. You're not actually like working towards something, mm-hmm. but have a good reason and then question those reasons to make sure that that's a sustainable reason. And then you can get to a place too. Cause I feel like everyone wants to, but it's even funny too, of like, all right, let's say you get to fuck off and do whatever you want all day. Like, what would you do? And they're like, well, I still like want to work a little bit. And I'm like, what does that look like? Yeah. And they're like, well, I haven't answered that yet. I'm like, figure out what that looks like. And then mm-hmm. you'll figure out what your life needs to look like. Absolutely. Yeah, because even even just thinking about like with drones and videography and stuff like that, it's like, okay, if I had all the money in the world, what would I want to do? And I'm like, I would still want to get up at 6 a.m. and go fly drones. I would just fly drones in more interesting spots. So then it's like, 
okay, well, if that's what you would do if you had all the money in the world, you don't have all the money in the world. Why don't you still go fly more interesting spots? Yeah, just go figure out a way to get to more interesting spots. And so it's it's that self-reflection, though, to figure out what you really want that allows you to build a pathway to, to get there, which I think is really cool that it all goes in. Whereas if you're not having that self-reflection, it's just like, I'm just going to go fly just, just to go fly. doesn't do anything for you. But once you know why you have a why and what that looks like, then the world's your oyster. Yeah, and that's where that reflection period comes in. And especially in today's day and age, like there is no reason why you can't go ahead and do whatever you want. And mm-hmm. even like we talked to a girl yesterday who has an OF and before like and this is like in I think a past year, but she's made uh, like a fuckload of money with it. Back then, you couldn't have that ability to just do something online that requires no like physical disruption. Mm-hmm. Shit. And now you're making thousands of dollars. And that, and that can be scaled in a bunch of things of like, oh, making drone videos or like working out. Like people nowadays get fucking millions because they have a big butt. Like, yeah, there are so many different ways to get there. Mm-hmm. And I always like telling people, if anyone's ever made it and who looks kind of like you, you got it. Oh, absolutely. 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 Mm-hmm. There's like no excuse for And there's people, even with my situation, like it's hard for me to see like, oh, don't do this or don't do that. When there's guys out there who've had literally nothing who now own billion dollar companies. So I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. I, I should be able to do this like logically. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think that there's anything that is, that's too far off to where it, it can't happen. Um, I mean, it takes, I think it's 10,000 hours to become an expert at something. Yeah. If you do anything for 10,000 hours, you'll, you'll, make you'll get something. good. Yeah. You, you won't have an issue, but it's the fact of you have to put in the work. It can be done, 100%. Everything can be done, only if you're willing to put in the work. Because if you're not willing to put in the work, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and it's the mindset behind it, too. Because for me, it's like, I love going to the gym. I like lifting rocks. I like mm-hmm. doing a bunch of other shit that a lot of people would be like, I don't, what the fuck? They're like, why do you, like, they would hate that. Yeah. Which for me is so crazy, because I'm like, oh, I love this thing. Why don't you want to do it? And mm-hmm. they're like, this is fucking stupid. But for, the only thing that's different between me and them is just the mindset I have behind it. Yeah. It's just... No, I like this. Like, this is fun. Mm-hmm. And I heard an interesting video with uh, Sam Solik. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. Recent YouTuber in the fitness community who fucking blew up. Got giant. He was a jack motherfucker. He just, and he only records everything on his iPhone. So it was like low quality. So everyone was like, how does this guy get so famous out of nowhere? Mm-hmm. Um, but he was talking about, he was like, oh my God, aren't you like, people always say like, ah, oh, waking up at 6 a.m. and measuring all my food and eating and working out. And they're like, don't you hate, like, isn't that hard? Doesn't that take a lot of discipline? He's like, no, I love it. Yeah. And that's where it's, I feel like it's a weird conversation where it's like, ah, it needs to take all the discipline in the world. Or it's like, Mm -hmm. if you just love it, yeah, then it's not as bad. Like, I love waking up and editing a podcast and like getting things ready and posting Mm -hmm. it and going to the gym and like sitting in a negative 220 box for three minutes. Insane, but yes. (laughs) Oh, you gotta try. Have you done cryotherapy yet? I haven't. That kind of terrifies me, but it also looks so interesting that I'm like, uh, I, I, you feel amazing once. like after when you get out you want to like punch a fat kid at walmart okay like, yeah you're you're like wired really yeah interesting because all the blood rushes out of your extremities goes into the major organs to heal it and then it'll flush back out and you feel the flushing of everything coming gotcha. back out okay yeah and your skin's just like tight and everything feels helps with like your pores and everything else too there's a lot of health benefits that come with that process mm-hmm. so that's why i'm like oh my god fucking 
And it, it takes discomfort. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's not comfortable. Like I'm not in there like. <laughs> this is so much fun. What a negative two twenty degrees. You're not just absolutely over the moon. Yeah. Well, and there is some. If you do do it, there's some breath work you can do that'll be pretty crazy. So I wear my heart rate monitor when I do it, mm-hmm. and I'll spike up to like 110, 120 as a stressor, and then I drop it down to sixty. Oh wow! Right? And then I'll hold it at sixty for like a good two minutes, and then towards the very end, because I'll see the little timer go, I start to like rise up again. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we're getting out. Um, but your control that you can have over your body with those things mm-hmm. is insane. So it's like, all right, why can't we apply this control to our, our life every day? Yeah, absolutely. Of like, okay, if I'm stressed out, if I'm anxious, if I'm like, if I know I need to take a break, mm-hmm. let me physically grab control of what's happening right now with my heart rate, with my physical, with my food, and apply that. Like, mm-hmm. if I need to take a rest, I'm not going to let myself work. I'm yep. going to fucking throw my computer in a different room and like lock the key or some shit. Like, mm-hmm. make it hard to work. And that'll, those processes will, will help you out a lot. Oh, absolutely. Because everything's hard in life. Nothing is not hard. You just have to choose which hard you want. Um, being successful is hard. But also, Not being a failure is hard. hard. Yeah, everything Every is hard. Time. Having a family is hard. Being alone is hard. Um, you know, being extremely successful is hard. Not having a direction in your life is hard. Like, everything is hard. Self-reflection is hard. Not having self-reflection. You have to choose your hard at the end of the day. And is it, are you going to... Is, is it going to be hard? Are you going to choose your hard that's going to benefit you? Or are you going to choose your hard that's going to continue to tear you apart? Yeah. Like like drinking every weekend isn't easy on the body. No, like it's not hard. at all. It's hard. And are you going to choose that mm-hmm. discomfort? Be like, ah, you know, it's normal. If I can stay up till 3 a.m., drink, you know, wake up at noon and mm-hmm. do that every weekend, which you will never actually be recovered, which is insane. Yeah. Like just thinking about that, like the amount of weekends I did that where I'm sure this thing would have been like, fuck you, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and, I, and I'm and i sure I felt it too where I was like, oh, I'm so tired all the time. Like mm-hmm. you feel it. Oh, absolutely. But it's insane. That's, that's one of the reasons I get fired up about that kind of stuff because I've been in the spot of shit, of like not feeling good, doing a lot of things in the book you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And then correcting that and going like full other side or like, oh, work out all the time and fucking cryo running all shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're capable of fucking anything. Oh, absolutely. Like, you you want to like, you know, be strong as fuck and run a 5K? Do it. Yeah. Very plausible. Mm-hmm. You just have to, you have to go and do it. Like, for instance, uh, my little brother, he uh, he just ran an ultra marathon this yeah. past weekend. How far is that? Like 26? Um, no, it was 32. It was either 32 or 36. So an ultra marathon is anything <laughs> above 26. Far as shit. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, I can't, he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run 30 miles. So I was like, I can't even drive 30 miles properly. Like, can't imagine running 30 miles. Um, and so, but it, it all started off with him. Literally, his buddy was like, hey, I'm training for this ultra marathon and I'm going to go run up this mountain. Can you um, pick me up whenever I'm done? And my little mm. brother was like, no, I want to go run it with you. And he's like, well, you know, I'm training this. My little brother's like, let's do it. They get up to the top of the mountain, and the guy that my little brother went with is all out of breath and dying. My little brother's like, man, I feel great. Mm. And he, in that moment, decided he's going to start running ultra marathons and just started running like absolute crazy. He he ran from one town to the next one day just on a whim, but then he had to call someone to come get him up because it was like 14, 15 miles, something like that. But just... Your your body is capable of so many things, but you have to get your mind in tune with your body in order to get that done. You have to your mind has to be the one in control, not your body controlling your mind. And how you and what I've learned about how you fix that relationship is building a confidence structure, building the ability mm-hmm. to be like, all right, when I think it, it will happen. Yeah. 
when I say this, like for me, the cold shower is a part of that process. I get in a warm shower, it's nice and comfy, and I'm like, I don't want to be cold. I'm like, all right, at the end of this, we're not gonna like this. Mm -hmm. And then you go, all right, on three, you count, one, two, three, bah. Yeah. And then you're like, this is so cold. But it's that structure of being like, okay, when I say we're gonna do something, we go and do it. Mm -hmm. And then you have that confidence structure in yourself. Same thing with your brother. He's like, I'm gonna run it. And he did that. And now, next time he says something, he's like, oh, I want to start a company or I want to have a successful relationship. He's like, I'm going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And now he has the confidence to do it because he executed on what his brain thought. Absolutely. And that's one of the things. Um, there's a guy, Joseph. Oh, my goodness. I can't remember his name. Anyways, I, I was working an event and he came and he was speaking. And um, one of the biggest takeaways that I had from him is he had something that he wanted everyone to repeat. And it's, um, as I think, so I feel so I feel I do, and as I do, I am. Mm -hmm. And that's that whole progression of getting your mind and everything else will follow. Mm -hmm. that is, that's good. That's cool. Cool. I like the one. I've heard, I've heard, I'm full of a million different quotes from a lot of people. So I was like adding on to that. Yeah, absolutely. That repertoire. Yeah, I have to, I have to figure out what his name is. It's Joseph something. He's really famous and I should know his name and he's a great motivational speaker, but can't remember his name. Yeah, I feel like the do you have some people you look up to like for motivation or inspiration daily or what does yeah, that look like? I don't I wouldn't say necessarily daily. Um there is a lot of things that I will like listen to. Obviously, um like you know if I'm ever feeling super down or whatever like David Goggins you should listen to anything. The carry the boats says. man. Yeah. And um and then there's a guy on Spotify. He's a spoken word guy. Um I, and once again, I can't, I'm the worst with Miles names. Carter, not him. No, I don't believe so. Um, I think it's like the story thus far or something. Anyways, he's got a lot of great spoken word, um, kind of cinematic, like music things that he does. And they're all kind of his stories, but they're motivational speeches that he's mm. got. And I love listening to his stuff um, because it's so impactful. And it just, you know, he quit everything in his life in order to do what he's doing now. And he's absolutely killing it. And so he talks a lot about that. He talks about, um, you know, he went to go run a marathon one day and he woke up and wasn't feeling good and he almost didn't go. Mm -hmm. And whenever he did, um, he had his PR on that, on that marathon. And so he talks about, you know, how almost, how many almost has stopped us. Um, and so he's, he's fantastic. Um, and I'll have to look that up and get that to you. But, those those two and then um i do a lot of I, I read my bible a lot um i read also a lot of like self-help books as well um because there's just been a lot of crazy what are your stuff. favorite self-help books like three um yeah so that's a good question um i've read several about um narcissistic abuse recovery mm -hmm. um so that those have been really good um there was one that i read See, once again, I'm literally the worst with names. Mm -hmm. um, there's one that I read that was about um, being a good guy. Oh, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Mm -hmm. That one is a fantastic read um, that I should have read a long time ago that I've really enjoyed. Um, and it just talks about how um, when you're a nice guy, people uh, walk all over you and take advantage of you and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with um, being bold, set, putting your foot down and asking for the things that you need in your life or even kind of demanding the things that you need in your life um, instead of using this nice guy front to have people walk all over you and not get the things out of your life that you want. Um, because there is a difference between um, being nice but also being a, a pushover. Um, and so 
you can be nice to people, but you also don't have to take their crap 24 seven. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things, um, especially like, you know, growing up in a church and stuff, you know, you're supposed to love people, but there are limits to what you are going to allow them to do and do in your life. And you can love people from afar and not be treated like crap. So I think that was one of the a massive takeaway from that one, but it really just helps like, you know, he talks about different men's stories of the things that they went through and how they overcame things. And so it's really cool. And it's really encouraging um, to reading that book. Yeah, that sounds like a good book. I always enjoy the, I love self-help books. Like mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss' 4-Hour Workweek, fucking insane. Mm-hmm. I love all Jay Shetty shit. Ed Milet was great. Tony Robbins was mm-hmm. great. I went through all the all the, the, the big ones in the yeah. industry and they were all really good. Um, oh, there's something you just said that I wanted to touch on your what was the, the book you were just talking about it was about um no more mr nice guy yeah not being a nice yeah a nice guy there's something about walking into a room and having a presence mm-hmm. when you do that people can just read because even as tribals like you know when there's an alpha male in a room yeah to an extent mm-hmm. and then you know and then you can tell when is it a bullshit alpha male like mm-hmm. when is it just a fucking front and then when is it someone who like no this guy like like if david goggins was in a room you'd be like he's the alpha here they're yeah. like, I get it. Or if like Brian Shaw or like fucking Steve Jobs. Like if you met someone that presented themselves in a way of like, no, this is like, I just, I'm on a train and it's going in this direction and it's not supposed to like throw anyone else off. It's very self-driven. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like a lot of these high performing people who do command a lot of respect, just they built that structure in themselves. Like we talked about earlier, like, mm-hmm. no, I just, I've, I've done it. Like. You could say anything, and I, I, if I wanted to, I would. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people get so caught up because they haven't built that within themselves, and they'll get walked over because they're like, "Oh, you're right. You know, I don't. I do lay in bed a lot." Like. Well, and I, and I think too, um, along with that, there's a lot of pressure to not offend people, or that we think. I think a lot of people feel that you know if they have an opposing opinion, they just need to keep it to themselves, or. Um, not speaking up about the things they need and stuff like that. And I think that contributes a lot. Not wanting to rock the boat. That's what I'm saying. Mm. A lot of people don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to risk any, like, you know, if you say see your friend doing something bad and you don't tell them, like, they don't want to risk that. But there's something about um, truthfulness and and being bold like that that commands the respect from people. Mm. And, and um it's really, it really is a weird shift in how of like, I'm just not going to cower away. Like if I believe something and, yeah. I'm, and I'm going for it, I'm going to present that to you and I'm going to present it. And you don't have to be a douche about it or a jerk or anything, but like you can be very upfront and with the things that you want to say to people or just in any aspect of that. And I think that is what, commands that respect because you know those people that you mentioned it's not because of their accomplishments that they're the alpha male it's not because of any of that you know it's because if you walk up to them they're going to tell you exactly how they feel and exactly yeah. what they want and those kinds of things and i think that's really what it's all about is we've gotten a lot of it's not taught to to be out in front to yeah. make your opinion known it we do it online all the time all the time we do it online, but it's not something that is um, looked at as, as great, but I think it's it's important. Um, and I think a lot of men, especially after reading that book, a lot of men don't put themselves out there, don't push for it 
um, and they need to. Yeah, well, especially in the position, because a lot of people speak on things that they, they haven't lived. Mm -hmm. Like, for, for me, I wouldn't go to certain people for certain advice. Oh, absolutely. Because they haven't fucking lived it. They don't mm -hmm. get it. But when you go to someone who has gone through his shit, and that's where you can share opinions. Like, for me, I... You know, I'll speak up about normally like mental health and physical health and certain things there. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like, I've I've been in some shit places. Like, so I've I've pulled myself out of that and I've helped other people pull themselves out of that. Mm -hmm. I can speak on that. So if someone says something wrong or like they say a, a belief structure where I'm like, oh, I think there's a there's a there's a, a fallacy that you might want to consider. Mm -hmm. And of course it's a lot of it's presenting it in a way that's not judgmental. It's a way of like, I sincerely just want you to be better. I have no other uh coal in the fire. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Except for you getting better. That's always a good place to approach it. Because if you're like, do you, do you want to be, be better? And you're like, yeah, of course. I'm like, all right, try this. You don't have to, but do it. Yeah. It might work. And that's a great, because I would expect other men in my life to do the same thing for me. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm swaying from a path or something and then they've been there. Yeah. It's a, it's a big point, guys. If someone hasn't been there, don't fucking listen to them. So huge. Uh, then you can grow and you can share mm -hmm. the opinions. And that's huge. I wish more people would fucking stand up and be like, yeah, you know. Hey, you know, I've been doing this for X amount of time and this worked for me. And I, that when I, when I did that exact thing, you said, I almost died. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that that conversation needs to, needs to go out. Cause you know, if you, if you're working a job and a foreman says, Hey, don't step over this line or it'll kill you. Um, you're, you're going to listen to that person. But I think whenever it comes to personal experiences, we don't listen to people's personal experiences and that in turn causes them not to share. Yeah. And I think that is absolutely awful because there are so many people who have so much wisdom from the things that they've experienced, but because we don't listen and want to do things our own way, it doesn't get shared. Yeah. And I mean, and talk to, talk to old people who are dying mm -hmm. and they will tell you a lot of shit. Oh, They'll absolutely. tell you a lot of the mistakes mm -hmm. and you can look at them and kind of gauge like, Oh, I can at least take that this person can tell me a lot of what not to do. Absolutely. So I don't end up where they're at. Because mm -hmm. a lot of regret in older people. So much regret. They're oh. like, oh, I wish I did this or da da da. And you're like, oh, for me, that's a huge fire to be like, oh my God, I don't want to live with that much regret. Oh, absolutely. And that actually circles back around to what we were talking about earlier with like entrepreneurship and wanting to do your own thing and having freedom and stuff. Um, you know, with my FBV interviews, I ask every person, what's one thing that you regret um, or one thing that you wish you would have said yes to when you were younger? Mm. And every single person has said something along the lines of either wish I would have worked less. I wish I would have, um, you know, said yes to more adventures. Mm. I wish I would not have allowed, um, you know, a job to keep me from doing fun things. Um, everyone has said something like that. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people regret is allowing things that are not important to take up most of their lives versus them actually doing what they enjoy. Mm -hmm. That That's huge. It's, and that all, I talk about this almost every fucking podcast, death, we're all going to die. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. and, and the thing is, if we live forever, you could procrastinate forever. Mm -hmm. But the fact that there is a, a, a final point in existence means that that is why you do something. Yep. Like fucking, um, what's his name? Great astrophysicist. Uh, African-American guy. You know, he, talk, he talks about astrophysicist. Um, wait a minute. Is it? Um, talks about space and all that stuff all the time. Yeah, no, I can see his face. Is it Tyson? What is it? Mike Tyson. No. no um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, Neil deGrasse. Yeah. yeah. He, he talks about like the beautiful part of life is that we're going to die. And that gives me a reason to push hard now because if I had mm -hmm. forever, I could procrastinate forever. 
So if people really thought they were going to die every second, they'd stop fucking around so much. Yep. Which they don't. Oh, my God. There's so many times where I just look at somebody and I'm like, you don't realize you're dying right now at all. Yep. And I think that's why, too, people who who experience death in their life, um, especially at a young age, are more... They're more prone to understand that. Yes, because they, they've lived it. They've experienced that. And I think that um, definitely changes people's mind, people's mindsets whenever they experience it, whenever they experience some, someone close to them, um, especially because it gives you that brush with reality. Because, you know, we say, oh, we're all going to die, we're all going to die. But you don't we feel say, it. Yeah, I was going to say, but we say that with the expectation that it's not today. Yeah, yeah. Or it's not us. Like maybe I'm some, somewhat a special case. Yeah, or it's not going to be for a while, or I've got till I'm 80, or, um, but like, I'm not promised tomorrow. I'm not promised to the end of this podcast. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not promised anything. And so, why am I going to waste the time that I have right now on something that I'm not promised? Yeah. It's, I heard this um, analogy, and uh, I love Midnight Gospel. I'm obsessed with that show. Mm-hmm. And in it, they talked about um, a river, and it's someone in a river, like as water or whatever seeing everything in front of them fall over this cliff, like going over the waterfall. And they're like, I'm not going to go there. And, but you're on the route. Like you're not stopping the stream. Like that, that person up there thought the same, same thing as you. And the two miles down the stream, the same fuckers thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're all heading to it. Yep. And you can't think you're, you're separate from that case. Like oh, in life, we see things appearing and disappearing, building structures, fucking animals. Like, mm-hmm. and we somehow think we're different from that case. Yeah. And that's and that's where you're like, okay. And nature's great because nature is a oh my god, fucking trees. Mm-hmm. The leaves, they grow, they disappear, they have a cycle. Mm-hmm. We're a part of that cycle. Yeah. Spend time in those moments where that cycle's repeated, you'll feel a little more in tune with the reality of what's happening. Oh, absolutely. And it's important to to do that reality because you you base your decisions on what's coming up. And if you're not willing to come with the facts that it could all be over, then you're not going to make decisions that are going to put that in your best interest. Yeah. Cause it's not, it doesn't have to be, I mean, that doesn't have to be something that you fear. Um, because it, because like you said, it, it's going to happen regardless if you fear it or not, but it's also something that you can look at and say, Oh, well I'm going to, I'm going to make all the preparations possible and do the things that I need to do, um, in order to, to be ready for when it actually does happen. Yeah. And just let it, let it happen. Don't fight it. Don't fight. Like life has a way of maneuvering things for you if you have a drive in things and it'll bring the things it has. Follow that stream because everyone's streams different. Like I, I love the water analogy. Like you mm-hmm. have a, a big river and it has all the other things flowing into it. We have that unifying thing that is death. That's the one thing we're all going to get. So it's like, all right, just go with it mm-hmm. and know that this is going to happen. And when it comes, you know, have conversations with it, with death, quote unquote, mm-hmm. with the finite nature of life. And be like, oh, what's, you know, greet him as a friend versus something that you never wanted to talk about. Because if mm-hmm. you do that, then it's it's all going to hit you at once instead yeah. of like processing it now. Well, and I think it's it's interesting too, um, if looking at death, even if you jump into like the, the religious spectrum mm-hmm. of things, um, like, you know, uh, practicing Christianity, Christians are still scared of death, but like it shouldn't be that way because mm-hmm. that it's looked at death as is the portal to to God. Um, and so, but even in other religions, I feel like regard if you believe in something afterward, you shouldn't be scared of death anyways. Like it should be that 
welcoming um, thing that you're talking about because that would be the goal, wouldn't it? And that's not to say that to encourage anything, but it's it's one of those things where it shouldn't be. I think we look at it as the worst thing imaginable, and it doesn't have to be the worst thing imaginable because I would say that it's not. Um, but because this is where we're at right now, that's the way it appears to most people. Yeah, and you d- and the thing is too with a lot of religious structures, like people get so caught up in like life's now it's bad and there's all this bad stuff and like, but when I'm somewhere else, it'll be better. And I'm like, make it better now because mm-hmm. you got one shot. Mm-hmm. So why not make it the best it can be? Yeah. And then afterward, I mean, I tell people too, okay, you suffer forever. They're like, what do you mean that? Like that, and they start freaking out. And I'm like, think about how many people have suffered their entire lives and died. I think they'll be fine. There's plenty of people who can suffer forever and live. They can be happy forever and live. Anything forever is numbing after a certain point. So I'm like, oh, don't get so like all about beliefs and structures for everyone else. Like you, you fall into that, but don't let that be a guiding factor to how you decide to live your life now. Like out of fear, a I, I don't think people should drive it out of fear. Should, like love is such a powerful place to pull from. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, be like. I love my life and I love I get to mm-hmm. share things with people instead of being like you're running away from oh I don't want to I don't want to burn forever I don't want da 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 and like all mm-hmm. these ideas of something love now love strong a lot of good things will happen and then if whatever happens afterward okay yeah just take it as it is because I mean that's what it is is you're exactly right we've got one shot at this here and like why not just love the people around you and love everything about it I mean Yes, there are things that happen that we may not feel as, as good or whatever. Um, you know, everything has a reason. But it's one of those things where, like, love is the is the ultimate reason for everything. And, like, if you're not, if while your time here you're not loving, then then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. That's huge. Because there's so much to love. Well, we are, we're at the hour mark, and that means Uh-oh. the card is going to run out in, like, very soon. Limited, oh, no. limited media. It's great. Love love how expensive CFast 2.0 cards are. Oh, Lord. They're ridiculous. It's so bad. So bad. Hopefully, they're like SD cards one day where it's like, ah, 20 bucks for 300 gigs. I would hope so. <laughs> oh, that would be the goal. That would be so nice. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Cool. Uh, I will link his socials below, and you can check out all of his little drone stuff. And um, he's, he's, he's single, right? Yes. Yes, he's, I am. He's, he's Legally. I don't know. If, I, don't know if, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's looking, but like, if there's anybody watching this who's into this man. I mean, advertisement. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. This will make this a dating show at one point. <laughs> <laughs>